Welcome to the Strength Rehab Podcast. Join your hosts, Raul Axmayer and Brandon Parker, as they discuss the latest information regarding the health and fitness industries. Topics include sports performance, physical rehab, and of course, general health. Remember, this is the podcast where science meets practice. Dude, my cat right now is absolutely going bonkers outside this door right now. I, you know, I when getting this new cat who's practically a toddler right now, it's been the ultimate birth control because <laughs> like he just does things that doesn't make any sense. Like he'll jump up on the high counters and like I'm staring at like, you know, you're not supposed to be up there and I'll squirt it with the bottle and it's just literally going back and forth, back and forth. And it's just like now we just feel like this is the equivalent of me uh, using capital punishment on my kid. And he just pets are like kids. But the thing is, is just like, at least with the kid, you you know, they'll learn. You know, we, we talk yeah. about operating conditioning and Pavlonian conditioning and yeah. in our seminar. But I feel like the cats are just they're just not a species that get it. <laughs> cats are dumb. Dude, I it's been like, you know, he's like one in some change now and he's just not learning. I, <laughs> so I think I'm going to have to like start setting booby traps or something. I don't I don't know. Like if he jumps up on a counter, there's going to be some sticky tape or something that might make it a traumatic experience. So oh, he doesn't man. do it again. <laughs> he's got to learn. I just don't get it, man, because we have a, we have another cat that's we got him when he was like one or two. But much he's more. older. Oh yeah, and, and he's also fatter too. The so fat like, one, think, yeah. <laughs> he's he's more vertically challenged, so maybe he doesn't do it because of that. Very fat. <laughs> but yeah, I guess that's a perfect segue to talk about training. <laughs> Cats and training, I don't know how, how they are related, but yeah. <laughs> oh man, you know we decided to kind of just talk about what we're aiming for in the gym, what we've been up to recently, because, you know, we feel like it's a big deal to practice what you preach, right? We have all these pencil neck um, wannabe researchers talking about what's optimal. But at the end of the day, it's I, I hate I hate when people go for optimal because it just it's almost like paralysis by analysis, right? Just like, oh, well, I can't be optimal. So I guess I might as well just not lift at all. You know, dude, now that you say optimal, that's why I kind of hate TikTok fitness because like that famous guy JPG and some KLM PT or some guy who looks like he doesn't even live by the way, like they keep saying how oh the lat pull down it, it, you basically they don't say that you shouldn't do it but kinda like they infer it. It's like oh it's not optimal. It's not gonna work your lats. Like well it does work your lats. It's all about the positioning. It might not be like super lat bias. It works middle and upper back, but. Who cares if it's not optimal? Like people have been doing it for hundreds of years. They have amazing backs. Like they haven't been doing your famous dumb exercise and their back is pretty damn good. So I just hate how it's like, oh no, don't do that. And then they f do some sort of fancy variation and they claim that it's better than any other row in the world. And I'm like, eh. Yeah. I, I I'm 100% with you. It's just like those two people in particular, they'll, they'll mention like, Oh, the variability between structures and this, this, and that, like, you know, not all, uh, it's not a one size fits all. And then they, the next video is everyone should be doing the kneeling lat pull down. It's yep. just like, what do you, you, you are going directly against what you're talking about. And, and like you said, like what we're talking about, what's optimal and then, and what's not optimal first and foremost, where is the literature on that? Cause you are just going off of anatomical structural bias. And what you're feeling. 
Right. Exactly. And then just when you, when you kind of do all that, you kind of ask yourself just like, what's really going on here? You know, like I would prefer my client to be doing an exercise that they like to do because consistency trumps all. Right. And I also hate how, because they're famous PTs, uh, personal trainers, people ask them like, oh, why my, why does my back hurt when I do RDLs? And then they have like two and a half million followers and they share dumb advice and there you go like you have a million views saying that you shouldn't go past like 90 degrees on an rdl because your back takes all the load and that's bad blah 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 right yeah it, and that's that's where it's the post hoc and the the massive uh fan base gets really bad you know yeah. it's uh, i there was another person that has a large following and he was talking about training around injuries you know he's like you know like yeah i've gotten injuries and this is what i've done to kind of reduce that and he was essentially doing this long round roundabout way of saying like he was load managing right but he was load managing off of the wrong premises he was like oh you know i dialed down the weight i made sure my form was perfect so on and so forth and then he's like i was getting injured because my form was bad no you can have a deer in the headlights type form It's, it's all about what you're, you know, you're built up to be and what your tolerance is yeah. to that load. Um, once again, it's post hoc. And, uh, and another thing is I, I posted a video on TikTok. It's a single leg balance where I'm outreaching. And obviously when you outreach, you're deviating your body from your center of mass. So you're not going to have full balance, right? So my, my planted knee is wobbling back and forth to find that center of balance. And Of course, you got somebody in the comments saying, well, that's way too much knee valgus. You're going to do X, Y, Z. And it's just like, you don't even know half the argument. So even let's just say knee valgus was terrible. Okay. And that was the demon of all movements. What about when, you know, when we, we train the knee, all the ligaments around the knee thicken, right? They get stronger. So like, ideally, if I'm going into knee valgus, the ligaments that are supposed to limit that are actually getting trained and they're getting thicker. So I'm taking your same argument and I'm throwing it back into you and, and I'm decon, you know what I'm saying? Like it's always one side and they don't really critically think about it. Yeah. And if you never train like unstable slash vulnerable positions, you'll never get stronger at those positions and the risk of injury will be higher. So why not place yourself in those vulnerable positions and get stronger in the, in that specific position? Exactly. Exactly. And then, uh, you know, it's just, I, I'm sick and tired of like. Have you ever heard of the Gota people? I think I've yeah. You, you mentioned it them. once, yeah. It's it. They they are that knee valgus is the devil to them, right? It's like and, people believe like we're like symmetrical robots that we can just move like in the sagittal plane ninety percent of the time. Like your knee uh -huh. can go in a little bit, and it's like, dude, <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> you got world record squatters literally using knee valgus as a strategy to lift more weight, <laughs> and the same with like the, the the whole famous spinal flexion. You've got people deadlifting a thousand pounds in powerlifting competitions. And then what? You think you're going to break your back because you're going to lift 225 with some flexion? Dude, come on. Exactly. It's it's so rough. It's The thing is, though, is just it's kind of what we were talking about in the mentorship where it's like it's really hard to violate expectations because when you do that, you're essentially telling somebody they're wrong. And when you're wrong, you feel like emotional pain. <laughs> you know, like it hurts yeah, nobody to, wants be wrong. to be wrong. Exactly. And it's 
And then you add the fact that there's a, a literal screen and thousands of miles between you and a person having a conversation. It's very easy to just go to ad hominem and just insult the other person and just and then think about it like this. Now you have a character cap on top of it. You only have maybe like 10 words that you can yeah. put into a sentence before you hit that cap. So, um, yeah, it's just kind of like it's it's hard for us to do what we do in the the age that we're in because we're not on the frontier of digital information we're kind of like you know in the middle of it all and then there's just people that know how to work the algorithm a little bit better and they have a larger platform and then people just appeal to the authority appeal to authority fallacy we see it every day no it's 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 pretty rough you know but now, like when it talks to, let's talk, talk about our personal training a little bit because people always ask what we're doing, especially when we post, um, you know, body pictures on our stories and stuff like that. I, I'm sure you get plenty of dudes as well. It's <laughs> all dudes, hitting you up. girls, obviously. It's, it's, I, I prefer it. I prefer it. You know, I don't need Amy to castrate me. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> um, so, you know, what is your current goal right now, Ro? What are you doing in the gym? I've been on a gaining phase for a while. I started like the famous um, bulking phase, but I kind of got tired of eating and eating and eating without being hungry. So I'm kind of like main gaining, however you want to call it. Mm -hmm. It's been fun because I'm still like gaining a bit of muscle, obviously some fat, but not a lot of fat. And I don't got to eat like a million calories per day. So it's been mm -hmm. fun. Training is going really, really well. Um, I hadn't been going to the gym five days a week it's like since I got to Palmer, so 2018. And now I've been going to the gym five days per week since January, and I'm enjoying it. Um, so we, like it's a little bit of shorter sessions, the first three sessions, uh, but it's it's going really, really well. Um, so yeah, basically I'm trying to gain a little bit more muscle mass till like, let's say June, and then I want to cut down a bit before wedding day. But Smart. that's literally it. But I don't know if I'm going to cut for the wedding. I mean, you know, suits cover up a lot, man. <laughs> yeah. And even like, and even if I cut, it makes no sense because like I, I'm not getting my honeymoon till December because Jane has school and I got work. So it's like it's getting married and come back to work and back to school. So it's like if I'm going to go like to the December, I might as well just cut in December, you know, or for December. That makes sense. Well, I mean, if you really think about that logic, man, like, you know, it's going to be cold. You might as well just push it to next summer. Let's just have a year. <laughs> exactly. You have like a complete dad bod. You've actually forgot to be exercising the whole time. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I'm cutting. Just eating Doritos. <laughs> uh, so is there a particular area in your body you're trying to bring up? I've been uh, emphasizing back quads. Um, I emphasized back and quads for the last meso cycle, okay. but I think it, that was just because there are my favorite muscle groups to train. Um, but they're like one of my best body parts. So now I'm trying to dumb it down for that and focus more on delts, uh, delts and shoulders. I was going to say delts, chest and calves because my calves okay. suck. Okay. So yeah, like everything like back and quads and everything it's kind of like maintenance volume right now and i'm just emphasizing the other ones 
let's dive down. A, let's dive a little bit deeper there. So you you know you were talking about emphasis and dialing down and stuff like that. What are what are your methods? What are you doing to uh, focus on a particular muscle group, and what are you doing in particular to dial down a typical uh, muscle group? So first of all, like you can't get better at everything just at once. Famous set principle, like if 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 you want to get better at your back, your chest, your calves, your hamstrings, your quads, you're gonna fail at all of those. So I recommend choosing like two or three body parts. Uh, and the, like emphasizing that on your mesocycle. So by emphasizing, I mean you're probably going to do higher volumes for the muscle groups that you want to get better at. And on the muscle groups that you're happy with, for example, my back and my quads, you can just do maintenance volume, which is a lot lower, like a lot, lot. Like you can do half of the volume that you're used to doing and you're not going to lose any mass, obviously, if you're training hard. So yeah, I've just been systematically increasing the volume for my weak body parts and just keeping uh my other body parts at maintenance maybe just a little bit more like on week one of the meso i started maintenance and then i increased it a little bit but the i've just been increasing more the the weak body parts obviously and i for example if it's a leg day and obviously my main emphasis is the calves i do them at the the beginning of the session instead of at the end because number one, if I wait till the end, I'm never going to do it because I hate doing caps. <laughs> and number two, like I'm just fresh and I'm not trashed after like heavy RDLs and squats and everything. 100%. And that, that's the reason why I wanted to ask about that. And so you can bring it to the forefront is a lot of people, it's still the thought process that no pain, no gain. We got to grind till we shine. We got to do a hundred, you know, sets because volume is king, that type of thing. But you have to understand that when you try to I, – I hate comparing the body to a, any type of me mechanical machine, but it's easy for people to conceptualize when I say that you have a set gas tank when you go into the gym and, you know, where, where, where are you going to spend your fuel, right? I When it comes to main, maintenance, you don't have to spend that much fuel at all. You can just do a couple of sets, uh, you know, half or even one-third of what you're typically doing. And it will stay there. You know, you're not going to be losing any muscle mass versus with gaining. We know that we really have to be pushing a stimulus. It's highly fatiguing depending on the exercises that you're doing. So, you know, decide where you're putting your fuel. That's the the, the big ticket is when it comes to prioritizing your muscles. Like so for me, um, right now I've been doing kind of strength, but on the side of strength, because all right, so I want to do strength. We know that's heavily fatiguing. You take a lot of time between sets to kind of mitigate that fatigue. Um, and you believe it or not, like my my instead of six exercises during like a bodybuilding phase, I, I sometimes only do three, you know, because I'll do the big lift. So so like, for example, my deadlift days as of the last three, four weeks, because we're working into heavy singles, I would do deadlift and then I would do pull-ups and then I would do biceps because you know, with the deadlift, it's super fatiguing. Uh, the accessory to deadlifts would be your lats. Lats help stabilize the lower back. And then the other thing is, is I don't want a bicep tear. <laughs> so I will do bicep curls. So that was my rationale as to why I wanted to, one, get stronger at the deadlift, but two, make sure that when I push high stimuluses, I don't run into the most common injuries, right? Um, so Smart guy. Well, that's, you know, that or it's me just being lazy. Who knows? We'll yeah, find out. But probably <laughs> I just wanted to bring this up because I'll tell you what the the fatigue reduction, like when I when I tr 
flipped into this phase of the strength block of like, okay, my volume's going to go way down. I'm just going to be focusing on strength output now. My body actually started to flourish. My my not only did my strength go up, but the pumps were much better. And like I actually started to uh I wouldn't say lean out, but I my physique was much more fluffy, you know, like fluffy in a good way. The muscular glycogen was stored and stuff like that. So I think like my body is responding well to the reduction of fatigue and it's performing well. But that being said, I wouldn't go out and say that this level of fatigue that I'm currently maintaining is optimal. I hate the word optimal like we talked about, but optimal for uh, putting on muscle because putting on muscle, you have to drive that fatigue. It, it is what it is. Um, it's like, once again, you have to choose what you want to get good at. Like, yeah, everybody, every single um, male in this world wants to increase strength and increase muscle. But if you try to yep. do both at the same time, yes, you can, but it's going to take a longer time than you if you just like focus on one goal and then after you're done with that, focus on the other. Exactly. Exactly. It, it's just, it's, uh, I guess you could also bring this into the pro productivity world where it's just like multitasking. You will never actually be efficient <laughs> or effective. You know, yeah, it's, it feels, it's like you trying feel like to, exactly. It's like trying to gain muscle and lose fat at the same time. Exactly. Don't try to do both at the same time unless you're a beginner. Right. And and the thing is, is another thing that might be the reason why people can't stick to it. We can always say like they get bored, the adherence is low. Sure. But I also think that some people are just afraid to fail in the sense of like, okay, I'm dedicating, let's say 10 weeks to just putting on muscle. And I think they're afraid to dedicate themselves to one sole purpose for 10 weeks. And then they, when they look at the objective data, they're like, well, shit, that didn't work. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think you that learn. might be part of it. Exactly. It's, you know, and that's where people can't be afraid of, of failing. You got to, you got to see where you went wrong. And, but the thing is, is with, with bodybuilding um, and strength training, it's really hard to do it wrong. <laughs> if you do something, then you're getting better. Exactly. Consistency is key. The only thing is like I would say is bodybuilding, I guess bodybuilding and strength. If you can just make sure that you're managing the amount of volume and stress you're going through, it's going to work. It's, exactly. It will work. Now it's all about the efficiency of how it works, but it's about it, you know? Exactly. And if you're like doing the same intensities and everything every week, well, it might work for the first few weeks, but as you get deeper into a meso cycle, you have to increase your like progressive overload right you have to right. find somehow to increase the intensity might be more load or it might be more reps or it might be less rest or whatever then and that's the benefit and and that's what something if for anybody's out there because i fell i fell into this trap where i would kind of just make like a, a week to two week program just kind of like okay this is my exercise layout this is the reps I'm going to start and I'm just going to progress over the weeks. That that was my intent, right? I'm just going to progress over the weeks. I think there's a large benefit to sitting down and writing out a full block, whether it be four weeks, whether it be eight weeks, so on and so forth, because it keeps you dialed in, you know, because we, we talk about using RPE all the time, which is a phenomenal resource. It's But if you don't have that layout outline, it's so easy for you to just kind of take your foot off the gas pedal and you're not going to really utilize the progressive overload principle, which we know is 
the most important or one of the most important. Yep. My personal favorite, uh, it's just I write four weeks in advance, but my mesos are kind of like six, maybe eight weeks. So mm-hmm. once I start, like once I see how I feel, so I add the other weeks. There you go. And that's and that's like the biggest tip is if you can write down your program, do it for four to eight weeks, whatever that may be, and then sit down and see maybe hey, maybe I did a little bit too much volume on my shoulders or maybe my too much tricep volume, something like that. Because when you go through a program that's standardized and let's say you run into issues like, oh, man, I'm dealing with some tricep pain, some shoulder pain. Now you got to ask yourself, was the fatigue too high? One, or maybe my exercise selection was just causing some irritation. Should I change that? Now you start bringing about all these questions that you should be asking yourself either during the program or as a quick recap after the whole program. And that's what makes you better at being a programmer slash coach for yourself. And if you have everything written down, then you have data. So exactly, exactly. I, man, I have so much, like the thing is my Google drive was telling me I had to delete some shit. Cause I just have so many programs that I've ran in the past. Yeah. <laughs> I feel so like- I gotta start consolidating, man. I gotta start. <laughs> and, but you ever look at your old programs and be like, damn, this is dog shit. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's why I, I save them. That's why I never delete them. Yeah. Same, same. There's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, and then there's also like, uh, one of the programs that like one of the phases of my life that I went through was when I was going through just conjugate principles. And I remember like that being a large step up in my game, you yeah. know, just like the idea of pushing stimulus on one given exercise and then just breaking down the movement and turning those into your accessory moves. It was like it was game changing, you know, so don't be afraid to try new things. Um, and, but you, you got also, you got to also hold yourself accountable at the end and be like, well, was that new thing good or bad? Yeah. It's no harm, no foul, especially when you're like half the people listening or chiropractor students or chiropractors, you have no, most of you don't have a deadline to be strong, a deadline to be ripped, a deadline to be jacked. You're not a bodybuilding company. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Cause it's only going to benefit you and your clients in the future, you know? Try shit out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> try, fail, learn, and try again. We'll put that on a t-shirt. <laughs> there you go. Famous. <laughs> All right. We're going to put a pin in it. I think we put out some good information today. Yes, sir. And if you have any questions about programming, feel free to DM us. We've been enjoying the questions that we've been getting. So thank you for listening.